Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. G'day, I'm Osha Ginsberg. This is Better Than Yesterday. It's a, a podcast that happens three times a week where we just try to make your day-to-day better than yesterday. Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Mondays and Wednesdays, I'm with a guest, and Fridays, it's it's me and you. Um, Osha Ginsberg, I'm a podcaster. I'm a TV host. I'm uh, currently, I, I ride, a, ride my bicycle to work. I'm making a video, so there's a video of this. Um, I'm currently sitting in my dressing room. So there's some secret stuff under there, but... Um, like there's some snacks and there's a fridge in the corner. And uh, I, I made sure that I asked for a real fake plant, which I've got, which I'm very, very happy about. Uh, Mondays, Wednesdays, I've got a guest, right? But on Fridays, it's just you and me. And I wanted to talk to you because I told you I'd talk to you about this. I started in television in 1999. April the 12th was the day that I began, 1999, on a music television station called Channel V. And after 25 years of doing this job, I've been nominated for a gold Logie. Now, if you're listening in another country, a Logie is like an Emmy or a BAFTA or a, I don't know, whatever the TV award is in your neck of the woods. And they're a big deal. The Logie that I'm nominated for is a publicly voted award, um, which I'll, I'll get to. I remember watching this show when I was a kid and I went to my first one in 2003. I was, I knew that I, I went on the Foxtel table. I was working at Channel V at the time. And I had just been, I literally, I got off a plane from Canada. I'd been snowboarding over there for a couple of weeks and I busted my knee. So I had a massive knee brace on my ACL on my left leg. And I got off that plane packed a bag, and then got on a plane to Tahiti to go and cover the Billabong Pro at Chopu for Channel V. Got back from, I think I flew directly from Tahiti to Melbourne to be on the Foxtel table, knowing full well that I had been negotiating with the team from Australian Idol to start the job, knowing that I knew, but the people that I worked for at that point didn't know that I was negotiating to start on, on, on Channel, Channel 10 doing Idol. And I went to my first Logies in 2003. That night was amazing. Uh, The highlight of that night, we were in the very, very back. The highlight of that night was um, 
at the after. I somehow managed to blag my way into the Channel 7 after party and I sat against a, a wall with uh, Lee Warnell, the director who at the time worked on an ABC TV show called Recovery on a Saturday morning. And Lee Warnell and I, it was the end of a night, we were sitting in the corner looking at all these Channel 7 people and he was going, telling me about this movie script that he's been writing. And there was a, there was a bloke in a room and a pair of handcuffs with a handsaw. Like, good luck with your script there, buddy. Turns out it went, went okay for Lee. And then a couple of weeks later, I started working on Australian Idol, which is uh, enormous. The first season of Australian Idol, uh, which is wild because I'm actually sitting in the, uh, the actual dress next door to the dressing room that I had. We shot seasons four, five, six, and seven of Australian Idol in the studio uh, where I'm currently shooting. And um, my dressing room is next door. But we started Australian Idol. It was the, like the biggest thing ever. And I got nominated for best TV presenter or something. And that was a publicly voted award. Again, I went snowboarding before that, uh, again to Canada, and I broke my hand on the last day there. And I needed surgery. So I had surgery in Canada, in Calgary, at the same hospital where they put the rodeo clowns back together. And... I had to fly back to Australia that night of the surgery. So I was awake for the surgery. They did a nerve block. But I said to the doctors, like, man, I've got a, you know, sh quite a schlep, Calgary to Vancouver and then Vancouver to Sydney via Hawaii or something. Like, how can you? He goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he gave me these, like, fucking howitzer um, pills called Percocet. Needless to say, the trip went quick. Uh, my hand was in a cast. I was on a plane. I probably shouldn't have flown because I just had surgery. Literally that day I had surgery. But I was on a plane and like I took the drugs in Vancouver and I woke up in Sydney and then got on another plane, essentially went to Melbourne for the Logies that I was nominated for. And so I got my hand in a cast. Uh, it was still the cast that I'd left the hospital with. I hadn't yet when you have hair surgery, they make a cast for you. So it was, um, yeah, it was an interest, interesting time. And I, I, uh, I turned around and I got on a, on a plane to Melbourne and I, and I landed in, landed in Melbourne and I still had these pills with me. And I, I was like, oh, my hand's really hurting, really hurting. I think I'd been in LA for a couple of days and I didn't realize at that point, but I had, I had rebroken my hand at some point uh, by bracing myself in a car or, or something. I don't know what I'd done, but I'd re-broken my hand or it really hurt. And so I'm getting ready for the, put my suit on and everything. I was like, my hand really fucking hurts. I'm going to take a couple of these pills. And so I washed a couple of Percocets by a couple, a couple all right, Percocets down with, I don't know, six, uh, maybe more Crown Ligers. I'd love to say I remember the 2004 Logies. I have no memory at all of the 2004 Logies. I know afterwards that I didn't win the best presenter trophy that went to a, a guy, I think his name was Rovay, and went on to become the most successful Australian television producer ever, Rove, Rove won. And about six months later, there was another award that I had been uh, nominated for, but I won, and it was the Clio Bachelor of the Year. So there was a big party in Melbourne for that. And uh, don't worry, I'm going somewhere with this. And uh, there's a big party in Melbourne for that. 
and I didn't sleep much. And I nearly, I think I went straight to the breakfast radio interviews that I had to do saying, oh yeah, you're the guy. And I showed up at the then Nova station in Melbourne and I'm on air. I had sunglasses on because I'm fucking cool and hungover and whatever. And, you know, so it's nice to meet you all. And Dave Hughes was on the crew. And Dave Hughes goes, well, I've met you before. I was like, I've never met you. He goes, I gave you your bloody Logie. Because Australian Idol had won the Logie for best reality or entertainment show or something. I gave you your Logie. I said, mate, I was off my face. I don't remember it. Yeah, well, mate, what are you? I said, what are you talking about? You were off your face too. He goes, I haven't had a drink since I was 18. And I said, why not? He says, because I'm a terrible alcoholic. This is on air. So in one moment on live radio, I'm faced with fucking hell, this extraordinary moment. I don't know we'd won the Logie because I had it with me. In one moment, I realised, Jesus Christ, I'd blitzed myself so hard, I don't actually remember that extraordinary moment in my career. I don't remember meeting this person. And live on air, I am now being faced with my own drinking and using and embarrassed that I didn't remember this person and then instantly being defensive and accusing them of being smashed and then them really honestly going, mate, I'm a terrible alcoholic. I can't, I don't drink. Unfortunately, I ignored that. And look, to say, like right now, I'm happy about Rove having won that Logie then. He deserved it. But at the time, I gripped my teeth and spat blood. I was so angry. I was so, I seethed in rage when I wouldn't see my name nominated after that. And then just hate that we we won two more. Idol won two more after that, but then just couldn't stand that other people got nominated. I was just so angry and resentful. And of course, you know what a good thing to do is to is to drink and use to try and get rid of those feelings. It doesn't work. All that led to the in 2010, I ended up not. I had no jobs at all on TV. And by 2012, I had no jobs at all at all. So I got sober in 2010. And I came to the realization fairly quickly that there was a very good reason that my name wasn't on those lists and I wasn't being nominated and, you know, I wasn't being hired for these kind of things. It's because I was, <laughs> I was not a kind of person that you would trust with a multi-million dollar production because <laughs> of what I'd been doing. And I took I had to get on, face that and get about making it better. You know, there's a longer story to this, but... I, I made a t TV show, a dating show. I brought it down to Channel 10. I'm living in America and I sold it to Channel 10 and we started making it. And then they said, oh, we just bought the rights to The Bachelor. You wanted to come and do a dating show. You want to do this one? So, yes, I do. And that was 2013. And here we are 10 years later and the same industry that was like, dude, we're not going to hire you, nor are we going to nominate you for anything. That same industry... 10 years after, you know, me kind of changing the way I went about things, 13 years after I got sober, that same industry now considers me worthy of standing next to some of the greatest people that have ever done my job in the history of our country. Sean McAuliffe, Hamish Blake, Julian Morris. I can see those, those three people are, um, Sonia Crew is amazing at what she does. I'm not Lee Sales and I'm not Mark Colesmith, but the, the people that do my job that in the, are in the category are amazing at what they do. And like, I'm, I'm like Sean McAuliffe, particularly Sean McAuliffe and uh, Hamish Blake are two of my complete idols. And to be seen by my industry as being equal of that, enough to be literally in the same category, 
it's overwhelming and I don't quite know what to do with it. I am arm wrestling my ego as it tries to write acceptance speeches in my head because I used to live and die by the overnight ratings numbers. I used to live and die by the success of a project. And if it didn't work, then I was personally broken. I had to come to the acceptance that I cannot control what people want to watch. If a football game's on at the same time as us, I don't know. I'm doing a show about mask singer at the moment. I can't be in control if someone in a mask does something terrible on the news today and then our show can't go to air tonight. I didn't know, like all I can do is the best that what my, I can do the best I can on this day. That's it. And look, it's a publicly voted award. And so I can't control any of it, you know? Would I like to win? Of course I'd like to win. I'd like to win because the kind of conversations that I'm having with you right now are the kind of conversations that I really missed in the public eye, which is why I started my podcast in the first place. So if you'd like the kind of conversations that I have on my podcast to have a little more chance of helping people and kind of getting a bit more profile, then please um, pop a vote in. But if I win or not, if I get to hold a trophy at the end of the night or not, that's not it. The gold medal that you win at the Olympics, that's not the prize. Who you have to become to win the gold medal, that's the prize. And it's the same thing with this. To be nominated, to be seen. No, no, no. And, and this is not saying Julia Morris or Sonia is not amazing. It's just that I'm not a woman. But Sean and Hamish, I think I can compare myself to them. One's a bit older than me, one's a bit younger than me. To be seen by my industry as in this <clears throat> worthy of standing next to them in this in this category the work that i've done to be the person that is seen like that versus the person that was not seen like that and becoming the person that is seen like that that's the price and um it's overwhelming i don't know what to do with it but it's a testament to the amount of work that's gone into it. I was asked, where would you put the trophy if you won? And I say, well, it'd probably need to split some time among the people who did the most work, which would be my wife's side of the bed, my sponsor, my psychiatrist, my psychologist. <laughs> so I don't think you can do five, two, two with that, but it might be it. So yeah, I wanted to talk about that today. I'm sorry that it sounds a bit shit. I'm literally just on a phone in my dressing room. I'm about to go in and rehearse on a shiny floor, which is like the greatest I love Shiny Floor TV. I love Bachelor. I do. I love any show I work on. I love getting to do the job I do. I was unemployed for long enough and lifted heavy shit up and down the front steps of the Service Paradise Beer Garden for enough years to know that any day you get to spin a microphone and slide around on a shiny floor under some pyrotechnics, then that's a good day at work. And that is the prize today. I tell you that. <clears throat> so if you want to vote, go ahead and vote. Um, you'll find the link in the show notes. If not, that's fine. Um, vote for somebody that you think you want to vote for. It's just incredible to be there. I hope that made sense. And thank you. It's a beautiful thing that I now work with Dave Hughes. He was the first person I told that I stopped drinking, first person in my industry that I told that I'd stopped drinking because I did not know that you could be on air and not drink and still have a successful career. He was the guy that showed me that could be possible, and, he, and it is. And it's bigger than I could have imagined back in 2003 when I was sitting in the back of the room with my knee brace. Bigger than I could have ever imagined. I'm just, I'm just glad I'm alive for it, mate. <laughs>
There's a timer is touch and go there. I've got a split. Thanks for being here. Um, thanks, Andy Ma, for cutting this up. I'll see you Monday. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum.